song with these men, the thought crossed my mind while we're singing. You know, sometimes people pull out their phones, you know, like my wife and their video, the specials. There was no phones videoing that special. Not even I'm a gene. It's just, <laughs> just struck me kind of funny. But I had to focus on standing up for Jesus or I would have started laughing and no one would have known why I was laughing. <laughs> We're going to start in Luke chapter 24 this morning, the Gospel of Luke in chapter number 24. And then we're going to find ourselves most of the time in the book of Acts. And uh, we preached a couple of weeks ago, we preached a message entitled, Help Lord, This Isn't Working. We've been kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a mini-series on Help Lord, but uh, we've been kind of looking at some of the challenges that we have in our Christian life. And uh, sometimes we surrender to the Lord and we think things are going to go a certain way and they don't go that way. And when things aren't working, what do we have to do? We have to focus on God's control God is still at work whether we see it or whether we don't see it. God is still at work. Last week we looked at the thought, help, Lord, I don't like waiting. And sometimes we're waiting on God to do something and maybe sometimes God has convinced us already that he's going to have us to do it. I, I used the illustration of when the Lord burdened my heart to uh, move from being an assistant to being a senior pastor, and I had to wait on the Lord's timing, I had to wait on the Lord's place, the Lord's opportunity, right? And God had put it in my heart prior to that. There are times, you know, a young, young lady or young man says, I, I believe God's convinced me I need to be married. And uh, you got to wait on God's person and God's timing. And sometimes we don't like waiting. And we looked at Acts chapter number one, and when we said when we have to wait, it's important for us to focus on doing what we're supposed to be doing while we're waiting on the Lord. And uh, you find the will of God in the will of God. And you say, I don't know what God's will is for me. Well, there are certain things we do know that are God's will for us. And uh, focus on those things, and God will continue to open doors and will continue uh, to lead. I want to look this morning at this thought. Help, Lord. I have a challenge witnessing. Sometimes witnessing can be a challenge for us. Probably if I was to ask, all of us would probably raise our hand and say yes. Telling other people about Jesus uh, can sometimes be a challenge for me. I had this thought I was, as I was thinking about this topic. What if we were told that it is illegal in the United States for you to tell anybody about the Lord? What would change in your life. Hopefully, it would be something we realize, hey, I have to keep doing this. Sometimes, if some Christians, you, if a law was passed, you're not allowed to tell anybody about the Lord, nothing would change, right? Because we are, have a hard time. It is a challenge sometime for us to, to proclaim Jesus to a lost and dying world. Luke chapter number 24, I want to just share a verse, and then we're going to take you to Acts chapter number 5. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 48. And Jesus gives the gospel, verse 46 and 47, Christ to die, to suffer, to rise from the dead, that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name. And then here's what he says, And ye are witnesses of these things. Ye are witnesses of these things. Now we know the Great Commission is found in all of the gospels, and in the book of Acts as well, before Jesus ascended in Acts 1. But you shall receive power, right? After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you shall be witnesses 
Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. Now I want you to turn to Acts chapter number 5, and I want you to see how the disciples took this, how they took this. They actually took it seriously. They recognized that Jesus told them they are to be witnesses of these things. In Acts chapter number 5, beginning in verse number 12. The Bible says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Verse 13, And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but, the, but he magnified them. Verse 14, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. Why were they added to the Lord? Because the apostles decided they're going to do what's right. Obviously, this comes on the heels of Ananias and Sapphira and the great fear that came upon the church. And uh, the Bible says in verse 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is a sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. They're out preaching the gospel. The gospel is doing its work. People are getting saved. The authorities are not happy, and they decide we need to arrest these individuals and tell them they can no longer preach or teach in this name. Verse 27, And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Why was Jerusalem filled with their doctrine? Because Jesus said, Ye are witnesses of these things. And the disciples said, Okay, I'm going to follow where he leads, I'll follow. And the disciples went out and they gave the gospel and Jerusalem was filled with the doctrine. By the way, the disciples are, I'm sure you know this by now, are dead and gone. And it's our turn in 2023. They communicate, verse 29, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. In verse in same chapter, verse 40, when they had agreed, they had called the apostles and beaten them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer shame for his name. And they stopped. No. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Sometimes, instead of dealing with the challenges that we have, by the way, I don't think any of us have been arrested and beaten and told to stop preaching the name of Jesus. We have way more freedoms and liberties here in America to preach Christ than we actually take advantage of. And yet, they're arrested, they're beaten, they're told to quit, and the Bible says they ceased not. The challenge of witnessing for the early church didn't cause them to stop. What does it take to cause you to stop witnessing? We could ask the question this, what does it take for Christians to get started witnessing? 
I don't think Victory Baptist Church, I love our church. I don't think we're uh, some great church that's greater than all the other churches out there. So I'm about to make a statement that I don't want you to take wrong. That's why I say that. I'm thankful for the, uh, it's one big happy family. And all over the community, I tell folks, you need to come and you need to meet the big happy family. But as I've talked with other individuals that go to different churches, some of them say to me, you know, our church has no visitation program. Somebody that used to come here and they kind of moved, they said this to me, I wish every church had a visitation program like Victory Baptist Church. Now, I know there's churches out there that do, but there's a lot of churches that have quit telling people as a group, you know, you know, we have Sunday morning, we have Sunday night, we have Wednesday night, and we have Saturday morning soul winning. <laughs> See, I announce Saturday morning visitation or outreach Sunday just like I do any other service. You say, why? Because as I look at the Word of God... It is something that we need to constantly be reminding ourselves that we need to do. You see, Pastor, I get it. But sometimes it's a challenge for me. Again, I think for all of us at times, we're going to say, hey, it's a challenge for us. I want to help us this morning. So I want to give you four keys to help keep you or get you witnessing. As I look at the early church and I see their motivation, they ceased not. They kept on doing it regardless. Sometimes Christians in, in 2023, uh, someone slams a door in their face. They come back and say, I'm done. This doesn't work. Hey, we need to keep on keeping on. And what a great example we have here. I want to bow and ask the Lord to meet with us. And then I want to give you some thoughts here this morning. Lord, sometimes we have to admit it is a challenge doing what you've asked us to do. Lord, I pray that you would take the next few minutes and that you would help all of us to see some keys that will help us to continue to communicate the good news of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Lord, we ask that you would do what only you can do, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray you'd be glorified. Lord, I recognize without you I'm nothing, so I yield myself to you and pray that you would work. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, when it comes to this matter of witnessing or keep witnessing, work on your relationship with God. You say, huh? Work on your relationship with God. Acts chapter number four, go back a chapter, and I want you to see what the Bible says here. Acts chapter four and verse number 10. Acts 4 and verse 10, they're preaching, be it known unto you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, does this man stand here before you whole? They're giving Christ the, uh, uh, the uh, they're, they're giving him the, the credit uh, for this individual that's being healed. And of course, verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Verse 13, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Slide down to verse number 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. 
Do you know what's going to get you witnessing? What's going to get you telling other people about Jesus? Do you know what's going to keep you witnessing? A vibrant, close relationship with the Lord Jesus. You see, when we spend time with him, when we've been with Jesus, when Jesus is speaking to us, when Jesus is changing our life, when Jesus is changing our perspective about life, and we recognize that this world's not our home, and heaven's our home, and people are dying, and people are on their way to hell, and we recognize that Jesus came to die, and Jesus provides salvation for all. Hey, we can't help but speak the things which we've seen and heard. In Acts chapter number 7, we read the story of Stephen, uh, probably one of the first deacons here of the early church. And Stephen primarily gets up and he communicates Jesus in Acts chapter 7 and verse 55 and verse 56. I believe Stephen had a close relationship with the Lord. I believe Stephen walked with God. I believe what enabled Stephen to preach in the face of, of persecution and eventually being stoned is his relationship with God. In verse 55, but he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand. And behind he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Verse 60, he communicates what Jesus communicated on the cross. Lord, Lay not this sin to their charge. You see, Stephen was a man that walked with the Lord. By the way, it's an interesting passage. I saw him standing. And you look at that and you think concerning Jesus. He wasn't sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is standing now as Stephen is going to be stoned and Stephen is going to come into heaven. Hey, a relationship with God. Look at Acts 8 and verse number 35. Acts 8 and verse number 35, the Bible says, Then Philip, in obedience to the Spirit, verse 29, the Spirit said, Join yourself to this chariot. Then Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. In Acts chapter 9 and verse number 20, Saul was converted. They changed his name to Paul. The Bible says in verse 20 of Acts 9, And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. If you're, if you're like most people, what becomes your favorite topic of conversation is your own thoughts and experiences. Someone said this in the Scientific American Journal, July 16, 2013, on average people people spend 60% of conversations talking about themselves. This figure jumps to 80% when communicating via social media platforms such as Twitter or Facebook. We have a tendency to talk about ourselves. But the reality is people tend to talk about what is important to them. The weather, sports, job, whatever it might be. There's no, by the way, there's nothing uh, wrong with talking about the weather, talking about sports. But if we never, if we just talk about the weather and talk about sports and talk about our hobbies and we never talk about Jesus, there's a problem, isn't there? The songwriter said it this way, Jesus is all the world to me. My life, my joy, my all. He is my strength from day to day. Without him, I would fall. When I am sad, to him I go. No other one can cheer me so am. And when I am sad, he makes me glad. He's my friend. 
I'll skip two and three and I'll read verse number four. Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy. He's my friend. Verse 3 talks about following him day and night. When we think about what we talk about, when we think about what's important to us, our relationship with God ought to be so vibrant that I can't help but speak about Jesus and what he's doing in my life. Someone, a fellow by the name of of Billborn, was wanting to know concerning Moody's power and the secret of his power. And he asked Moody, he said, what's the secret of your success as a soul winner? Moody, in a modest way, answered this, I'll tell you, I made a promise to God that I would speak to at least one man every day about his soul's salvation. But the opportunity does not always present itself, the man said. Quickly, Moody replied, it does if you keep in touch with God and keep your eyes open for the opportunity. You see, when it comes to this matter of telling other people about Jesus, it should flow from a relationship with him that is vibrant. Isn't that how our conversations end up anyway? We say to someone, hey, hey, did you see what's going on at Kohl's? No, what's going on? They're having a sale. Man, they give away the clothes. You can go there, you get $2. Look at this, look at this sweater I got, right? That's part of life. Uh, we, we think about those kind of things uh, uh, and, and those things. Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? He, he, he broke the record for the most baskets scored in, in one single game. Wow. The reality is, what is Jesus doing in our lives that should overflow in our conversation and that should overflow into the lives of other people? You see, it's about our walk with God. So number one, if you want to keep witnessing or you want to get started witnessing, focus on your relationship with God. Spend some more time with him. Spend enough time with him to where his burden becomes your burden, to where his passion becomes your passion. And we'll have to speak to things. Well, I I can't but speak to things which I've seen and heard. Number two, as we look at this matter of witnessing, remember, it is a command of God. It is a command of God. In Acts chapter number four, I'll I'll go through this quickly or we'll be here (laughs) for a long time. Acts chapter number four and, and verse number uh, uh, let's see here. Let me let me uh, let me skip that. Let's go to Acts five, and I read this already. Acts chapter number five. Did not in verse twenty eight. Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? You filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Verse twenty nine. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, "We ought to obey God rather than man. It is a command of God." In Acts chapter number 10, Peter is talking to Cornelius, and I want to just look at one phrase that he says. Acts chapter number 10, he says this in verse 42 as he's communicating, again, truth. Verse 42, he says this, And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. We have a command of God. 
God's commanded us. I've, I've alluded to it already. I've talked about it. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Ye are witnesses of these things. If I ask you this question this morning, do you love God? Do you love God? Probably every hand would go up. Yes, I love the Lord. My Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. But remember, Jesus said this in the Gospel of John, in chapter number 14 and verse 15, he said this, If you love me, keep my commandments. How can I say I really love God with all my heart? I love thee, Lord Jesus, with all of my heart. You think concerning that song that that we sing, and yet I can't say I love thee, Lord Jesus, with all of my heart if I keep my lips shut and don't communicate him to others. You see, he's commanded us to preach and teach Christ. As D.L. Moody walked down a Chicago street one day, he walked up to a man and asked him if he were a Christian. The fellow raised his fist and angrily exclaimed, You mind your own business. This is my business, replied Moody. It is my business. Our business is to get the gospel to a lost world. I want you to turn to 2 Peter chapter number 2. 2 Peter chapter number 2. Imagine while you're turning here, imagine you go into work this week and your boss tells you to do something and you say no. Imagine how long you would have that job. How many times do you have to say no for him to say uh, find a different job? 2 Peter chapter 2, some interesting verses concerning Lot. We know that Sodom and Gomorrah was judged. Look at verse 4. For if God spare not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, delivering them the chains of darkness to be reserved for unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example to those that should after live uh, uh, ungodly, and delivered just Lot... Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. What's he saying? Lot did nothing to help his family with the truth. Just Lot. He was vexed. But he really didn't, and you know the story, he really didn't do anything. An atheist once told William Booth, founder of the Salvation Army, this, if I believe what you Christians say you believe about a coming judgment and the, uh, and, and the impenitent rejectors of Christ will be lost, I would crawl on my bare knees on crushed glass all over London, warning men night and day to flee for the refuge from the coming day of wrath. Mr. Booth said he never got away from that statement, and that statement helped him to communicate Christ. Number one, work on your relationship with God. Number two, remember that witnessing is a command of God. Number three, and number three is pretty awesome. Depend upon the power of God. What do you do, Acts chapter 4, turn there, while you're turning there, what do you do when you have a bad soul winning experience? 
You go out and you bang on some doors or you try to uh, talk to the neighbor, try to talk to someone at work, and it goes south. It goes the wrong direction. Many Christians are tempted to just quit. Many Christians are tempted to think, man, this world is hard and people don't want to hear the gospel and even so come Lord Jesus, right? And we want Jesus to come. The early church faced some big time resistance in Acts chapter number four. And I want you to see the Bible says here in verse 24, what did they do? They went to God. Verse 24 of Acts 4, and when they heard, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. And then he gives a description about God. Verse number 29, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Verse number 29 is key. Verse 24, they go to God. You see, when we have experiences that don't go the way we should when it comes to witnessing, we need to come back to the throne of grace. We need to come back and get on our knees and say, God, you've got to give me boldness. God, I need your power on my life. God, I need you to do the work. If anybody's going to be saved, God has to do the work anyway. And his power is what we need to see people saved. And what do we see? They, they pray. We see God's power. Verse 31, the latter part of the verse. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They speak, speak the word of God with boldness. Verse 33, and, uh, verse 32, and they were they, the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Verse 33, with great power gave the apostle witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. We won't take time in Acts chapter number 5. You'll see God's grace. In Acts chapter number 7, you'll see God's grace. You see, God is able to save souls. I was thinking during the song service about the power of a gospel tract. Let me read you something, and then I want to show you a few tracts that I picked up on the, on the back there. The late Dr. W.B. Riley, founder of Northwestern Schools, Minneapolis, Minnesota, pastor of the First Baptist Church of that city for many years, said this, quote, There will be more people in the redeemed throng when answering the question, What led you to Christ? Who will reply a tract than will reply Spurgeon, Wesley, Whitfield, or the Apostle Paul. Now, I don't know that that's true or not, but he did understand the potential, the power of a gospel track. You've heard of Hudson Taylor, founder of the China Inland Mission. John Bunyan, author of Pilgrim's Progress. John Huss, the great Christian reformer, each saved through reading a gospel track. Now, I, I went back there during the, uh, whatever it was, and I got some of these tracks here. And I want to encourage you to give out some of these tracks. Now, this here track, Good News Track, uh, goes through three, three truths and one decision. The church information's on the back. I like this because it's thorough but, but thin, all right? Thorough but thin. Here's a tract in light of Israel and all this. Are you ready? <laughs> hey, we don't know what's happening in our world, but are you ready? You think about, by the way, before you give these out, make sure you read them through in case they have a question. How about this one, The Romans Road? This is very simple, easy to plan, easy for, to help folks with the. This one here I put in the candy cups. Three things everyone needs. They need a pastor, a church, and a savior is basically what it is. Everybody in the world needs a church. Everybody. Uh, how about this? This one here, 99.9% .9 of the people that I give this to thank me. 
have a good day. We use a lot of these because people, hey, have a good day. Oh, thanks. You have a good day too. This one here, the Gospel of Jesus Christ, is a little bit longer version of the Good News track. If you have somebody you're talking to and they're not getting it quite yet, you can give them one of these. I don't give these. These cost a little more money, obviously. But I give these to individuals that are searching and that we've tried to communicate. By the way, the author, John Van Gelderen, will be here in two weeks. He'll be preaching here in two weeks. This here is a pamphlet that John Van Gelderen wrote as well. Things are different. Once someone trusts Christ as Savior, I give them this pamphlet here. You're a new creature. You have a new position, new purpose in life, and this helps folks. And then, of course, this, and when I give this out, I tell them, although this does, I guess it does have the gospel in here, this here will show you about our church, just so I invite you about our church. So we've got lots of literature about there, lots of opportunities for us to depend on the power of God. You'll never know when you hand a gospel tract to somebody, they take that home and it clicks and they trust Christ as Savior. I wonder when we get to heaven, if we're gonna, people are going to come up to us and say, hi, you don't know me, but I'm so-and-so. And you are the one that gave me a gospel tract at a grocery store or wherever it was. You see, we're depending on the power of God. Sometimes we want to quit because we can't, we're, we're stuck. There's only so much we can do. We're a voice. John the Baptist said he's a voice crying out in the wilderness. We are God's mouthpiece. We're a voice. And we've got to exercise our voice to help people to see. But we've got to tr depend on the power of God to convince, to convict, and to save a soul. I, I like that. Because why? Because I, the outcome of the conversation isn't really dependent on me. It's depending on God. And I think it's important as we have opportunities that we pray, Lord, I need you to work. I need your, your grace. I need your help. Three keys. I'm going to give you one more. Number one, let's review. Work on your relationship with God. To keep witnessing, it, we, I've got to spend time with God. I've got to stay connected to the power source. I've got to have that close relationship with Him because it's going to flow from that. Number two, remember, it is a command of God. Number three, depend on on the power of God. And here's number four. kind of goes with number three. I alluded to it already. Believe in the work of God. Believe that God... How many of you believe God wants to save souls? It's in the Bible. How many of you believe God wants to use you to save souls? He does. And you see, sometimes our issue is we're not believing in God to do what God has promised that he'll do if we'll just open our mouths and we'll speak of Christ. In Acts chapter number 4, verse 33, I read it already, there was great power. In Acts chapter number 2, 3,000 were saved. In Acts 2 and verse number 47, they daily added to the church. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, many believed 5,000 were saved. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 14, believers were the more added to the Lord. Do we believe that God wants to save souls today? We need to. We need to. They were told, don't do this. They said, we have to. It's a command of God. We need to do what God has called us to do. Charles Spurgeon said this, Mark ye well, my brethren, that he who is successful in soul winning will prove to have been a wise man in the judgment of those who see the end as well as the beginning. Even if I were utterly selfish 
and had no care for anything but my own happiness, I would choose, if I might, under God, to be a soul winner. For never did I know perfect, overflowing, unutterable happiness of the purest and most ennobling order, till I first heard of one who had sought and found a Savior through my means. You see, well, that's a lot of words. I've never been the happiest till I lead someone to Christ, is what he's saying. Then he says this, Oh, the joy of knowing that a sinner, once at enmity, has been reconciled to God by the Holy Spirit through the words spoken by our feeble lips. Since then, by grace given to me, the thought of which prostrates me in self-abasement, I have seen and heard of not hundreds only, but even thousands of sinners turned from the error of their ways by the testimony of God in me. Beyond all controversy, it is a joy worth worlds to win souls. Is telling others about Jesus a challenge for you? Early church had a vibrant relationship with God. Work on your relationship with God. Spend time with Him. Maybe spend more time with Him. Ask Him for His heart for souls. Ask Him for His compassion. Ask Him to help you to see people hanging over the precipices of hell. Work on your relationship with God. Recognize I got to obey the Lord. I got to depend on God's power. And I got to believe that God will do what He says He will. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, you've entrusted us with this matter of getting the gospel to our community around the world. Well, there are people in Chester Springs and Downingtown and Exton and Phoenixville that are on their way to 